Hello and welcome. Hello and welcome to Views. My name is Jake Davis, alongside Emily Schick. This is episode fifty-one. I had to think there for a second because we haven't actually recorded fifty yet. Episode fifty-one, Big Bird. Um, how the fuck are you today, cat butt? Uh, you know, uh, cat surviving. <laughs> Well, I, I guess that, I mean, honestly, man, I want to be like, well, at least we're still upright. And it's like, ah, I feel like I'd rather not be, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the millennial retirement plan. Suicide. <laughs> and in case you ever thought that and want to feel validated, there go to the anti-work subreddit. Yeah, um... Hey, you know what Mo Sislak always says? Nothing like a depressant, uh, a depressant to chase away the blues. Mm -hmm. So let's get into beer number one today. Beer number one today comes to us from Trillium Brewing Company. Weird, we never drink anything from there. Never. It's called Big Bird. It's a double IPA. And I think, didn't they change something about this one? Or is this uh, like old recipe? No. 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 Oh, I'm thinking about plane over train over car over bus or whatever the fuck it's called. Boat. I think it's plane over car over train over boat. Yeah. Or something. That, that added Citra, didn't it? Yeah. Well, this one's not that. This is Big Bird in three, two, one. Crack. Now oh, the man, cool. It smells good. Oh, yeah. The cool thing about this release is um, each of the four cans in the four-pack had different art. So the one that I have has, like, the classic Big Bird art, whereas the one that we're going to post with this is the one that Emily has that has the super fucking rad metal Big Bird art. Yeah, it is awesome. Oh, man, that's just, like, so fucking delicious. I was going to say, you know what else is awesome? This beer. Yeah. Oh, man. I I really love a good New England-style IPA. And fuck me, Sally. Like, Trillium does it and does it right every time. They sure do. Like, it, it's fucking juice. And, and not like the smoothie-style sours that we're always drinking these days which are, like, legit juice, but this is a beer that just tastes like juice. Yeah, and it looks like orange juice. Well, it looks like really pale orange juice, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it looks like the shitty-no-pulp orange juice that you get from, like, Market Basket store brand, but instead of, like, shitty-no-pulp, because it's already no-pulp, which makes it shitty, uh, Instead of getting shitty no-pulp orange juice that's Market Basket brand, you get a delicious, delicious fucking beer called Big Bird. Yeah, this oh my is god, it's so delightful. fucking delicious. But like, this is what I really want a New England style IPA to look like. Well, I mean, taste like too, but really like look like too. Like, Oh yeah, this there, is, there is, this is like no light passing through that. Absolutely, this is like opaque as fuck. I was looking on um, 
there untapped for this beer to see if they list the hops. And they don't. Bastards. It's list your hops, motherfuckers. Hops. List your hops, motherfuckers. It has some hops and some other hops. My other brother, Daryl. Yeah, this is my brother, Bender, and my other brother, Bender. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, hey, we've got a bunch of beer we want to try and cover and a bunch of pop culture we want to try and cover. So, ooh, let's get the show on the road. Oh, and my untapped decided to, like, shuffle me all the way back to... Cool, cool, cool. So, beer number one, Emily drank at her house, I think, after the last time we recorded. And if you're keeping track, that was episode 49. Maybe? Yes. Or was it after we recorded 48? It might have been that long ago. I don't know. It was after we recorded an episode. But it's Reflection from Spyglass. Weird, we never talk about them either. It was right? a 5.2% blonde ale, and the untapped tells me literally nothing else. Okay, so the, the funny thing is, is it's listed as a blonde ale. I wouldn't call it a blonde ale. It's a white ale, because it's done in that traditional white ale style with, like, the coriander and the orange peel shit. Yeah, so, like, a gray lady. Um, yeah, but more like, well, because I, I, I think mean, Grey Lady is Earl, Earl Grey, Grey in it. yeah. Um, I, I'm thinking more like Allagash White. Okay. So, like, it's a slightly better version of Allagash White, or, I mean, I don't even know if I would say it's slightly be- better. It's just, like... <laughs> it's uh, like Allagash White. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most Blondales, like, as long as you do them competently, all basically taste the same. Yeah. Well, White Ales. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, same. Like, they both, uh, like, yes, they are different styles, but both, uh, the, the, the comment wasn't incorrect. I just said the wrong type of beer. Yes. Um, so, not wildly exciting, but, like, if you're a fan of white ales, why, why not give it a shot? I mean, especially it's, like, if you're kind of local to this area, um... You know, support your local brewer instead of going to the store and buying Allagash White. Yeah, why the fuck not? Right, and it's kind of like my grandmother. I got her to try smoked salmon today because she'd never had it before, which sort of blew my mind. Unsurprisingly, she didn't really care for it, but, you know, what have you, she at least tried it. I mean, yeah, like, I will I will commend her for at least trying it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But that still um, makes me sad that she doesn't like it because smoked salmon is great. I mean, salmon in basically any context is great. Yeah, it makes me kind of sad too because salmon in any context is great. Serve it to me raw, smoked, poached, grilled, <laughs> baked, <laughs> broiled, broiled, of broiling. Uh, very quick aside. Tonight I tried a slight variation on the Asian stuff that I usually do that I often do with salmon. So I took miso paste, smeared it on the salmon, then put it face down in a little bath of soy and mirin um, to marinate, and then used some Trader Joe's toasted sesame oil on the top before I broiled it. Nice. And it tasted great. Um, did I tell you about how I recently did some poached salmon on the grill? No. Oh, yeah. 
Um, I did it two ways because I wanted mine to have some spice. And then I also did one for my grandmother that was more like a da- Italian dressing base. I wanted to do it with that uh, lemon dill sauce, but I couldn't find it at Shaw's. Yeah. Um, so I just used like Italian dressing and threw it on top of it and then put it in like a foil pouch, curled that up and just put it on the grill for like, I feel like I did like, I feel like I did like 18 minutes on like okay. the upper rack of the grill, not on the bottom. Yeah. So it was like farther away from the heat. Uh, yeah. God damn, man. Like my grandmother even wanted some of the skin. It's just like, nah. Taking it out, that skin came perfectly fucking off. Nice. I did mine with, like, uh, this Southwest seasoning mix that I have my mom get me from Key West when she goes there. And uh, some coconut aminos, because there was no soy sauce in the house. So that's something I still need to buy. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, especially if you don't have any soy sauce on hand, I like Bragg's aminos. I think that they make a pretty good substitute. Uh, it wasn't even Bragg's Aminos. Like, that has other shit in it, too. This is just, mm. like, super coconut aminos. Like, decent flavor, but it was definitely more of that Southwest seasoning I was tasting on it. Yeah. Or Southeast, uh, Southernmost. South- southernmost seasoning, uh. I think, is what it, it's labeled as. But that yeah, I, I also... I also throw that shit in my popcorn, too, because it's awesome. Um, yeah. So you, too, folks, can poach your salmon on a grill. Just a low heat and keep it away from the flame. You can do it oh, with man, something I as kinda... simple as, um, just, you gotta make the pouchy. <laughs> I kind of want to try that, but, like, with, I have that seasoning called Salmon the Colonel's Way that's, like, uh smoked maple and Ooh. like some kind why, of salt why don't you come on down sometime with that seasoning and we'll make some salmon mm. oh yeah and no folks that is not code for sex <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Ew. i mean i've had multiple um fish dates that end with sex <laughs> Um, would you like to get some fish tacos before I check out your fish taco? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I can just hear Duffman saying that. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. So let's keep on with some beer chat because we got beer distracted with cooking. Why corner. would we do why would we do beer chat on a beer podcast instead of talking about literally everything else? Because we both have unmedicated ADHD. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't have ADD. You're a woman. <laughs> Just blows my fucking mind. That, oh, yeah. Like, it's like we still think like that. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, I even in 2021 which is when i was going through this it was like yeah literally doctors like yeah you probably have add you just didn't check off enough boxes on this questionnaire that like if only you checked off one more then you'd actually have adhd instead you're just a lazy fucking millennial 
Yeah, which is funny because it's clearly a questionnaire that was written in like the 90s and designed for like teenage <laughs> boys. But, you know, it, the fact that like a 38 year old woman would have like different symptoms than a teenage boy is apparently like completely lost on these people. Fucking weird, right? Yeah. All right. Beer, 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 beer. So real birds are real. It's another beer from Trillium. It's a 7% IPA that's made in collaboration with Green Cheap Beer Company out of Oregon, California. Orange, California. Orange, Orange, California. Damn words and stuff. It's got Nelson, Simcoe, and Mosaic. I thought it was pretty fucking delicious. Yeah, I think this is supposed to be one of those like East meets West coast kind of ipas and i was you know like you were slightly less impressed because you don't care for west coast whereas i like west coast styles a little bit more than you but it's still not that like east meets west it was like it was like an east coast but with a west coast bitterness um kind of it definitely was a lot less opaque than uh trillium ipas tend to be Remember we were oh, like, yeah, which one is was. which? And like, it turns out that Big Sprang was the cloudy one. Yeah, that was weird. But no, I was down with it. You're right. This is the one that was like... Yeah. So it had more East Coast flavors with a West Coast look? I don't know. But hey, you just brought up another one. Yes, I did. Uh, and your audio is cutting in and out for me. In case you're wondering why sometimes I sound weird, folks. I'm hoping that uh, the Zencaster is capturing both of us. Anyway, uh, the next one we had was Big Sprang. This is Tr- Trillium's Kolsch. Um, it is a Kolsch-inspired ale. Cool fermented and dosed heavily with Nelson Sauvon. Um, so... I think this one was the the more cloudy one, or at least it, that's what we were told. And like, oh, I it, actually really liked this. It was the more cloudy one. I really liked this. I thought it had some fantastic flavors to it. Yeah, no, it really did. Like, like kind of grapefruit, but passion fruit. Uh, just starting to steal buzzwords from their description. An herbaceous white wine interweaved with cracker crisp Pilsner malt. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Again, like it, it's it's a fucking it's a trillium beer. Like Yeah. Literally I, I go to Trillium and order fucking anything. Literally anything. Any type of beer that you like, if you see that they have that type of beer, try it. Yeah, I think the only thing that Trillium, the only category of things that Trillium does that I are a lot more hit or miss for me is basically anything that's like over 10%. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. And even though it doesn't necessarily go to my palate, it's still not bad with those. Yeah, I also just like, I don't know, I tend to be really sensitive to like booziness that comes through heavily in those high ABV beers and some formulations uh, hide it better than others. And I think Trillium overall does a fairly good job with them. Like 
again, I I really do like um the streets, for instance, but like yeah, there 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 are definitely some other stouts that it's like, yeah, this kind of tastes like you like a liqueur and not a beer. Yeah. I mean, I think that like plane over train over car over boat um was still on the better side, but like it, it it's not it's not something that I want to just like sit down and have a couple of. Yeah, hell no. All right. Uh, next up, we had a blast from the past again at Trillium. We had Citra Cutting Tiles. It's an eight point five percent double New England IPA. Can Can you guess what hops in it, people? Did you, dear listener, say to yourself, Citra? <laughs> You'd be wrong. Yeah. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Cutting Tiles is a classic series done by Trillium that is a it's a series of double I single hop double IPAs made with honey. So like the sometimes when you get a honey beer, you can actually taste the honey. I don't generally with the Cutting Tiles series. I think that here the honey is really more used in, in a light touch fashion to kind of smooth out the any bitterness, um, much the way you do with like lactose or oat. Although I think lactose actually usually comes across much sweeter than honey does. I would agree with you on that. Uh, lactose can sometimes convince your oh, I should fucking taken some Benadryl before this because I can already feel my nose stuffing up. Uh, there I mean, we go. I, keep, I continually have been forgetting to take Zyrtec and like every time I go outside it's like, oh yes, that's right. Everything's trying to kill me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's how I'm feeling right now. Well, you know what? I'm going to fucking take one. Um, yeah, I think because the lactose usually ends up putting at least like telling your brain like vanilla and you equate vanilla with sweet well it depends um it, yes there are definitely times where your brain will tell you that it has vanilla but there are a lot of places that will put at least a hint of vanilla in with lactose especially oh, if you're mostly yeah. just doing like a straight milkshake ipa like you're not putting fruit in it you're just doing a milkshake ipa i usually think that that little addition of vanilla is um for me, very welcome. I think it's a flavor that goes really well with a milkshake IPA. And it just, yeah, it kind of... Yeah, I mean, especially with a milkshake IPA. Yeah. So, we had another blast from the past. And before I tell you what it is, it is, it is one of the Streets series. So, again, for those of you who don't know, the Streets series is another single-hop IPA series that, um, it's a single IPA, though. So, this is the Double Dry Hopped Melcher Street. So, Melcher Street is their mosaic. And I mean, aren't they all DDHs? No. Um, the, there's Melcher Street and Double Dry Hopped Melcher Street. So they make a regular and a DDH version of all the streets. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Um, you know, Mosaic is an excellent hop, to I think, to do this sort of thing with. And 
yeah, I believe I have stuck. I've rated it three times, and I've stuck to a 4.5 each time, and I still agree with that. As have I. Uh, but yeah, it, it's fucking delicious. Get if you good. see it, try it. Um, if you find yourself, oh fuck, I just fucked up. I guess. Uh, if you find yourself at Trillium, definitely try out the streets. Any of the streets. I mean, literally, just get any fucking IPA, and you will not be disappointed. Yeah. Or get any of their beers, and you probably won't be disappointed. I mean, considering the I next don't, one. I, I don't care for their uh, bird series, their, like, little bird series as much. Well, yeah, because uh, you're not usually a session fan. Yeah, so. which, like, that's just speaking to personal tastes. Mm-hmm. I don't care for, like, I can still see that they're good beers, but I don't care for them as much because I don't like session ales as much as other beers. Yeah. Think- I'm an alcoholic. Well, it's not just that. I think that sessions tend to be lighter on flavor as well, although a yeah. lot of the notch beers are kind of an exception to that, but that's because notch primarily works in that session space, so they're better at uh, it amping up the flavor in ways that other places are not um, as well equipped to do because they don't work with sessions as much. And yes, you're right. This next one was like less good. And I think it's mostly just because of, like, it's not that the beer itself was bad, it's just a style that we don't really care for as much. Yeah. It was Crib from Trillium as well! Ah! Wow. Wow. Um, But it's a corn lager. Mm -hmm. And, like... Think, like, if Corona was way fucking better. Yeah, but, but if still a corona still a corn lager. If Corona sucked way less and still a corn lager. Yeah, um, like corn lagers are quite different from the corn beer that you get in South America. Yeah, Cor- corn beer in South America like is way better. But um, yeah, uh, you know, again, serviceable. Make makes me wonder if this one is uh like really low gluten much like corona is like apparently corona is such low gluten that most people who have celiac can drink it which is just find like kind of wild because i spent years working in restaurants and i never heard that Uh, i've never looked it up either but i heard this from family members who have celiac oh okay I mean, that's why I, I know this. I would trust them. <laughs> yeah, it's like if he if if they drank it and didn't get like violently ill. Yeah, I'm gonna guess that it actually is low enough in gluten. So yeah, but they lose like street cred or some shit if they say that. I don't know. Whatever. Oh yeah, that's what you were saying. Because if they admit that they're like a gluten free beer, meaning that they have no malt then they're technically not considered a beer, but, or no, they have no barley, so they're not a beer, they're then a malt beverage. I don't know. Something like that. Something like that. Whatever. Just be stupid Americans and shove your fucking lime in your goddamn Corona. 
Sorry, my can you, can you, corona. can you tell I'm like bitter? Maybe Not about Corona. I just fucking hate people. Yeah, me too. Um, so that was the last of the new things to us that at least we had at Trillium that day. Yeah. The other two things because the are next two are like more throwbacks, classics. <laughs> more classics. So, um, Sleeper Street is the next one we had. So. It is not a double dry hopped version. It is just the plain Sleeper Street, which is the and this is so Sleeper. It has always been, I would argue, kind of my favorite, and that's probably because it's an El, the El Dorado one. Um, All right, our last beer truly another one on the throwback tour. This time it was Vicinity. A double IPA, 8% that, huh, they originally brewed in celebration of the first anniversary of Row 34. Didn't realize that. Oh, neither did I. Awesome. I fucking love this beer. <laughs> yeah, I do Like, too. again, I wish that it said the fucking hops for this, but whatever the fuck's in it is fucking delicious. Because, like, the first time I had this, I gave it a 4.5. This time that I had this, I gave it a 4.75. So, I don't know what that says about me or them, but, um, yeah. Oh, maybe it's because this was, like, super, super fresh instead yeah. of canned for however long. Because the that last time like we had it. it was at the hip joint. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, R.I.P. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, R.I.P. the Reading Apartment. But also, shout out to Row 34 if uh, any of you out there live in Massachusetts or travel to Massachusetts and you haven't been there, uh, or actually if you travel to Portsmouth, New Hampshire, fucking pick one and go to it and eat shit and drink beer because, like, they're phenomenal. And make sure you get I didn't realize it. they... I didn't realize they had one in uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. That's the awesome. original one. I-, I knew that they had the two. Oh. Yeah, huh. Portsmouth is I the original I didn't realize one. that that was the original original. Boston was the second right. location, wow. and then Burlington's the third. Uh, I've never been to the one in Portsmouth. I would assume that the one in, in Burlington has the easiest parking. So if it's all the same to you, I recommend that one just because parking. All right. Um, what Burlington? You said. That, yeah, I mean, especially now that the uh, near the one in Fort Point, like all of the park buildings, so parking sucks even more than it used to. <sighs> yeah, like I used to like going to the seaport, but since you cannot fucking park anywhere anymore, I hate going to the seaport. Yeah, it's uh, it's real rough. I mean, if you are going to drive down there, folks, I recommend trying your luck on A Street and just walking. It trust me, it's going to save you some headache of driving around in circles. Yes. Um. Hey, how much beer you got left? This much. Oh, all right. We're kind of equal right now. 
hey hey um i'm just looking back at my actual fucking untapped and realizing man i think i forgot to check in a bunch of stuff <laughs> i definitely forgot to check in a bunch of stuff <laughs> of the stuff that you were going to talk about from your journey Yes, because I went on a journey, and it will all make sense when we get to beer number two today. But I went on a journey to P-Town. That, that's Provincetown, Massachusetts, the outermost town on the Cape, uh, on the point of the Cape. Yes. Yes. Um, which, like, not a bad town. I mean, yeah. I, like, I, I dug it for the most part. Um... And when I say for the most part, I, I don't mean, you know, I, I liked it except for all the gays. I had absolutely no problem with that. Uh, yeah. I also love that, like, their main street had, like, five fucking dispensers use on it. That's pretty rad in my book. I was going to say, um, just, somehow that doesn't shock me. I'm also guessing that Provincetown is one of those towns that's like, yo, we'll take your money. Fucking come here. Like, whereas most towns are like, we don't want a dispensary here at all. Or I guess maybe one. I guess. Maybe one. Um, I mean, I think Drakeit's got like two or three now. No, like, some I, towns I, clearly don't care. I think my issue with Provincetown is in like, getting thankfully, there. I, well, yeah, getting there. I've still never um, been there. And that's part of the reason why. Oh, honestly, I think that if I ever went back again, I'd rather do like a night or two and just take the fucking ferry from Boston and yeah. get around in cabs. Yeah. Like it, it it's small enough that it's relatively cheap to get around in cabs. I don't know if uh, there's much Uber out there, but honestly, I felt, you know what? I'd rather put it directly into the local economy and use yeah. a cab company. Agreed. And uh, do they... They don't have a bus system, do they? They do have a bus that runs on a loop. I oh, don't cool. know how often. And I don't know if it's just like a flag down or if there are spots, stops. There's, there's probably it's actual prob stops. I'm guessing it's probably like there's probably designated stops. But I would also guess that out there... Uh, except for maybe in the summer. No, it must be stops because in the that would just be fucking yeah. murder for traffic. It's definitely stops. I mean, I like remember like that's how I would not like, want I've to never... go there in summer. I can just imagine I can just imagine all the bachelorette parties that go to all the gay bars. Yeah, and it's, it's just it it feels it feels wrong. Um, Although there was one bar that I wanted to go to, and I don't think that I should have, though. I think it, I feel like I saw that the underground bar, which, like, you know me, I love a good basement bar that looks divey as fuck. At least, like, yeah. I'm only guessing it looks divey as fuck because it was just total blackout on the outside. But, like, it's a basement bar. It's probably divey. I love a good divey basement bar. Yeah. But uh, I'm also, you know, a, a cis white male, and I don't know. I don't want to like. All right, can I can I tell you, dear listeners, a terrible story I found out on this P town trip? 
of like why my family goes and has like rooms in this place. I don't know if I even told you this, Emily, did I? I don't think you did. Um, so years ago, my great uncle Joe, um, God rest his soul passed away not too long ago. Um, ended up suing a queer collective for discrimination because uh, oh i i can hear you now oh now you can hear me let's see if my thing keeps on going i don't know if it was fucking getting any of that man this shit is really pissing me off dear listeners it's really pissing me off still going the recording is still going. I just don't know if it got any of the shit that I said. All right. So my great uncle Joe, quick version. If it did get it, if not, if it didn't get it, uh, whatever, um, ended up suing a queer collective for discrimination because they didn't want him there because it was a queer collective and he wasn't queer. He like won the you. case. And that's why my family has, timeshare units in this place so i'm really sorry to those people yeah it's like man you as a cis white man you're allowed to go anywhere and do anything pretty much like i mean again they're not gonna usually they're not gonna kick you out of like a gay bar but like well i mean if it's specifically a lesbian bar then yeah, I, I didn't want to be like my, you know. Hell, even lesbian bars uncle. aren't usually gonna be cool with you just coming in and drinking as long as you're not a total douchebag. But like, I don't know. I would assume I, collective makes me think more of like this is like a social club kind of thing, and it's like, look, I man, think it used to be more of a social club, but everybody who has spaces there, like very clearly when you're there you realize that everybody who has is older uh like when i say older i don't mean like oh yeah man they're in their 40s it's like no i like the younger side people yeah they might have been 40s but it was mostly like 55 plus that i saw yeah And, and like when i say plus it went up to I don't know if it exceeded my grandmother, but it definitely went up to mid eighties. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It's like, just let marginalized people have their fucking spaces. You get everything else. Right. That was my first thought when I heard the story of why we have these timeshare spaces. And I was just kind of fucking disgusted. (laughs) You're like, wow, I feel dirty just being here now. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'd be so cool with coming back to Provincetown. I don't think I ever want to stay in this place again. Not because I have a problem with the place, but because I have a problem with us being in this place because of yes. how we are here. Yeah. yeah. Like, there are a lot of, like, cool little spaces in there that I think would be fucking rad to stay at instead of this one. That a little bit more accessible to the downtown areas. Yeah. I mean, even though this place is, like, just a mile away, I only 
really went out like three times while I was there. And it's like, I hate this kind of vacation. Yeah. Um, it's like, if I don't even like vacations where I end up, I'm, I'm expected to sit on a beach and do nothing for a week. Although I have to say, after having more work experience under my belt, I think I could probably make it more than a day, but I don't think I would make it for an entire week. I get way too fucking bored. I just can't, like, I can't do nothing. Like, even if I, even if I'm sitting at home, like, doing nothing. Like, well, like, for me, sitting at home doing nothing usually means, like, I'm watching a thing and, or playing a thing and or editing a thing and or listening to a thing like and or reading a thing like yeah yeah it's like, like yeah you're doing you're doing something whereas like, like beaches i mean like, like you, you you've already you've already lost me with beach <laughs> like I, I i am somebody who does not like the beach like I, I've I never been, I've, I've never been a huge fan of the beach in general, but especially after I broke my hip, it is painful every time I walk on sand. That's your fault for not learning how to levitate, man. <sighs> Tried to teach you. You're, you're, you <sighs> just Fuck. That's fall right. And then I've been ha- meaning to try to work on that. <laughs> you just keep throwing yourself at the ground until you eventually miss. That works for Earth well, or Dent. It should work for you. Yeah. Well, that's how you fly, not levitate. Whatever, same fucking thing. Once you can, once you can do one, you can do the other. Levitating is oh, more or man. less controlled flying. There's a TV show in the back of my brain about a guy who got powers of levitation. But he he couldn't actually fly, so he ended up using, like, aerosol cans to propel him. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. Oh, man, I can't remember what the fuck it is. Like, part of me wants to say it had, like, Jerry O'Connell as the guy, but I might be wrong. I have no idea, but... Yeah, I have no idea. But hey, we... We gave a prelude to um, our next beer because our next beer was got on uh, on the Cape when I when I was out in P Town. It comes to us from Knockabout Brewing Company out of Mashpee, Massachusetts. Uh, this beer is called Beach Hair. It's a double dry hop New England style IPA that has Idaho Seven Mosaic and Citra hops. And you know what? It was canned on February of this year. And you want to know how I can tell all this information? Because they put all of it on the fucking can, and I appreciate that. God damn it, Knockabout. I appreciate that. All right. Three, two, one. Crack. I mean, it doesn't terribly surprise me. I have been to Mashpee, and Mashpee feels sort of sterilized compared to other parts of the cape. Alright. Pouring it out. 
yeah, pouring it out, it's really not a New England style IPA. Unless it's like a bunch of crap on the bottom. But still, it doesn't eat for a New England style IPA. I mean, at least it's not completely see-through, but it is when you're pouring it out. So that's not great for me. And sadly, it has already started to oxidize since when I got it. Because it was better for the first two of these that I drank. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have a ton of flavor punch, so the oxidation's not coming through super intensely for me, thankfully. Like, I'm not trying to sound like a dick here, but... You you wouldn't you you I I would hazard a guess that the best beer on the Cape. Well, I poured all the yeast in, and now it looks like a New England. <laughs> oh, I don't have any more. There's nothing in the bottom of this. I think oh, that's disappointing because got... it does taste better with the bottom stuff in it. Yeah, my guess is that like my honest guess is that the. They don't filter it, but for some reason they don't their particles do not remain in suspension well and mm. they don't mix it before they can it. So you end up with some cans that have more shit in them than others. I mean, that happens oh, with like that's smoothie style IPAs too. Yeah. But like even with the you know, yeast at the bottom in it, it, it it still has oxidized a little bit. It's not as good as when I first had it. Yeah, that's the thing about New England style IPAs is like you're really better off. Like the 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 faster you get to them, the better off you are. Yeah, I mean, especially for fucking New England IPAs from nano breweries. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, on the ride down, oh, I had a couple of beers. Oh, I think they were both the same. I ended up having a beer from Hong Island Beer Company called Outermost IPA. It was disappointing. <laughs> Got you your favorite thing. Disappointment. But that comes to us from Orleans, Mass. Oh, did we actually... Like, I still think this is pretty decent, even though, it, like, the fucking beach hair. But then again, yeah. like it, like we're both suckers for Idaho Seven Mosaic and Citra, like less of Citra, but you know what I mean. No, I mean Citra's pretty up there for me, honestly. Um, I, I like I like the flavor here. I think that the despite the fact that mine is not particularly cloudy, I think that it does have, like, it still has the smoothness of flavor, which honestly matters to me more than the way it looks. Yeah. So. I'm like again, it doesn't have quite the flavor punch that I usually like, but I could actually see this being a really pleasant like I don't know if it's like a ninety degree day and I'm in and it's humid and I'm sitting outside that I want to be crushing a bunch of like vicinity, for instance, like this feels like something yeah. that I could, I could <laughs> much more easily do when I'm like hot and sweaty. what? It's 
sorry. It just like crapped out for a minute and then all I got was hot and sweaty. <laughs> oh. What's funny is the entire time that you've been recording in this location, like you will occasionally crap out a little bit and it's never showed up in the recording. So it's going to be really interesting to see like the times when How one this of us one railroads goes. the other. Yeah, because <laughs> considering that like you've crapped out on me a fair number of times for longer periods it, during this particular recording. So, you know, if I end up accidentally, I don't, I don't. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's it's going to happen. I need to figure out something about my internet situation here. Um, but hey, let's keep on keeping on. We're going to have a weird shit corner that's not just outside of New England, but outside of our country. Not just outside of our country, outside of our continent. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I had a Huckleberry Lemonade from Dry Fly Brewery. It's a cider thing. Um, Dry Fly is apparently from Norway. Sweet. I'm guessing it's not brewed in Norway and sent here. I'm guessing it's probably brewed by Dorchester and <laughs> distributed here. You could it, it could be either, honestly. It really but, could but be. It uh, could be something in Norway that like got big and started doing international distro and like we just never heard of them before because like they never made it here before i don't know who knows who knows uh or if i was the fourth doctor who knows that really translates well to an audio medium tj um they can totally hear me flicking my nose (laughs) No, I no. That's no. Uh, all right. Uh, but yeah, flicking something else. Huckleberry lemonade. It was pretty decent. Uh, I also went to a brewery that was in town. Be that doesn't actually brew. All right. Ah man. So I tried to entice the money guy there to come on one beer interview at some point and i don't think i did a good job of it and if he listens to this episode then he's definitely not going to because oh man i really wish this brewery i i like their activism i don't like their beer i i like a lot of what they're like trying to do you know community wise but i don't like their beer (laughs) Um, like there, there were, there were two IPAs that the bartender described as new England style. They were not new England style. They, they were, they were very clearly West coast style IPAs. Their Dippa. I don't know if it was just bad or if it was bad. Like if it had gone bad. Yeah. It tasted oxidized to me, but, but I. But it tasted that way on tap as well. It was yeah, slight. See, it was slightly better on tap, but it was still like grossly over malted. Yeah, then that that's a fault of like if it tastes that way on tap, you can be pretty sure that like it is it's a recipe thing and not an oxidation thing. Man, do I even go through like the actual beers that I had there? Like, Why not? 
I All mean, right. well, it depends. Like, I mean, I pretty much just didn't feel bad. I didn't want to like be a dick when rating a bunch of the things. Um, so instead of like shitting on specifics, uh, I will give you guys highlights. How okay. how's that sound? That sounds All right. like a very diplomatic way to approach this. Um, they had a fruited sour. Uh, like it was definitely more like Berliner, but like Berliner kind of trying to be a lambic, but not really. I think that if it had aged for a while, um, in whatever something, oh, it would be or something. Yeah, it it would be better. But it was their granddaddy sour, and as like a cranberry Berliner, I think it worked really well. Yeah, I mean. I it's kind it's kind of hard to fuck that up though, right? Well, you say that. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> cough, cough, white birch, cough, cough, dude. Ugh, seriously, yeah. just use actual fruit instead of using syrups in every single thing you do. And I think that that's one of the bonuses with this was like I'm fairly certain they used actual local cranberries. I would fucking hope so. And like, like if, yeah. if you're in Provincetown, even if you're brewing in Dorchester, like I would fucking hope that you're using local cranberries <laughs> somewhere like, between on, the bro. two of you. <laughs> Seriously, it's like we live in cranberry land. Please do me a favor and just like use the actual cranberries that are like fucking all over the place. Like. For real. I wonder, actually, like, I since I don't live in an area that actually ha- is conducive to cranberry bogs, like, because you know how, you know, if in the fall, especially if you're driving around, you can, like, you know, get corn or strawberries or whatever from, like, farms. Can you, yes. like, drive around the Cape and, like, oh, I'm sure. are there farm stands that have fresh cranberries? Oh, I, I am sure. I want it. I want it. I'm going to, I want to make, like, my apparently everybody loves cranberries my cranberry sauce thing um all right quick other highlights um i don't even know what the fuck like kia's revenge was oh because i tried asking them like four fucking times like hey what's in this beer like even tried asking their like fucking money man Who's supposed to be, I guess, like the face, and he's just like a Chad. As the money man seems to be a lot of the time. As the money man seems to be a lot of the time. Um Yeah, Jesus Christ. Uh nope, nope, not gonna say that. Nope. Um Hush. But yeah. I like Q Y A apostrophe S revenge whatever it was pretty good i honestly think i overrated it just because i was the one who was the one who added it to their system because even though i had said like multiple times hey i wish that like you guys had the new stuff that's on tap added to untap or on tap added to untap and like as the money man that's part of your job well, unless they have a social media manager. Yeah, then it's like text your social media manager and say, hey, this is the things. But if you're going to go through that effort, just fucking add it to untapped yourself. Yeah, it's really not that much of a challenge. 
Like, it's easier for you to just add it untapped yourself than to go through the effort of putting in all the information that needs to be on untapped to then send it to somebody else for them to have to put it on untapped. Like, this is a point that I have made in jobs before. It's like, why would I put all of this information into a system, into a, into a worksheet or say that instead of just, instead of like putting it directly into the report where it belongs. Like if, if the, if the primary writer wants to change the language that I used, they can still do that. But then uh, we're, we're having the amount of work we're doing. Yes. Why are you going to spend an hour on the phone with the manager wondering, why aren't you getting your work done? Or did you just say that? Because you crapped out on me. But no, I I, I did not say that. Uh, But hey, you want to know, (laughs) you you want to know something else I liked about Provincetown Brewing Company? You're supposed to say what? I really hope that the electrical like got got there on the end. I Um, really hope that it stuck it out. Yes. Um, I ended up really liking their seltzers. Honestly, that's not a huge shock as long as you like. If you use natural flavors and you're not fucking stupid you should be able to make a seltzer um i think they use natural flavors and like real ingredients yeah which adds a lot to it like yeah all right so one of them was um spilt tea it's a hibiscus rosehip tea blend with strawberries fuck yeah and it was like it was like a good a good clear red yeah when poured out it was really fucking tasty had great color i mean i'm guessing it has greater caloric content than you know truly but it may or may not actually it depends on how much like uh the strawberry so what if you, it depends if it's if it's was it how it, opaque it was, was it? I mean, fairly clear, but you were definitely getting something. Yeah, so yeah. it might have slightly more than something like a truly, but probably not as much as uh, that um, four fifty North Seltzer we had. Like, I will say this: I, I, if you're a brewery and your beer isn't that great, but you make like the best fucking seltzer around. You absolutely deserve a place in the market because oh yeah, good seltzers are like hard to come by. It's like I... I can find hermit thrush beer. I can never find hermit thrush seltzer. Like why don't they distribute that more? Because that was really fucking good. That was really fucking good, and like that. I guess that's kind of what I'm coming to is like I think they should focus more on sours and seltzers than on ipas their ipas suck but not in the fun way well that's that's the thing is like i feel like to be a brewery um that is going to survive you kind of need to do a bunch of different stuff like 
okay, I mean, here's another example of a place that, like, does one thing extraordinarily well and does, like, everything else, like, either passable or eh. Um, Pipe Dream. Like, their candy sours specifically. The rest of their sours aren't even spectacular. They're serviceable, but they're not spectacular. Their candy sours are pretty goddamn spectacular. It's like, you have exactly one thing that you do consistently well. Like, they're... They have some good IPAs. They definitely have some good stouts. But they, I just tend to not go for them over and over because they're so high ABV. But like, yeah, I mean, they still make all of that stuff, though, because if they, you know, like, say you have a group of friends and in that group of friends, you have a guy who only drinks stouts like you need to have something for that guy. Yeah. I mean, fuck that guy, but still. I mean, also, what's wrong with that guy that all he drinks is high ABV stouts? Well, maybe not high ABV stouts, but, like, I have met people who basically only drink dark beer. Weird. And I'm like... I mean, uh, honestly, though, man, what do you I drink find when it it's, like, weird. 95 degrees? An ice-cold Guinness. Uh, Room-temperature Guinness. <laughs> Uh, yeah i i i don't understand picky eaters you know i mean i think that i am probably the least picky eater in my family like i've got a handful of things i don't care for and as i've gotten older it's more like i still don't like this but i don't really give a shit as much i don't have the same like visceral reaction to certain things like I used to. Yeah. And I, I think that I think it's not uncommon to have like at least a few things that like don't work for you. I mean, generally speaking, like most stuff you find in market basket, for instance, is going to be fine with me. If you put fucking organs in front of my face, you'll just get it thrown back in your face. Like, it's the it's like my big hard limit. Yeah, you know, I and, mean, but you know, and you put organs in front of my face, and I'm gonna eat that shit up. But you, you put a raw you, bell pepper, a raw green bell pepper, especially in front of TJ's face, and he'll throw that shit back in your face. Oh, I was I was gonna go with celery. I think that like I can tolerate bell peppers more now, but celery, unless it's fucking minced. And, like, even then, I don't care for it, but, like, if it's, like, chunked celery or just a celery stick, it's, like, get that fucking shit out of my goddamn face. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, like... I hate celery. I, I hate, I think... Celery is the one that it's still, like... I like celery salt now as an adult. I can appreciate the flavor of celery. I still hate eating celery. I mean, it, I think celery salt basically barely tastes like celery, but... Oh, it does, but, like, it still has, you know, essence of celery. <laughs> but, like, even with uh, V8, I can pick out the celery. Yeah. Like, I I definitely understand having a few things. Like, most adults I know have a few things, at least, that, like, don't work for them. I mean... I think that my right, mother, for instance, is a pickier eater than I am, but, yeah. you know, 
not as bad as some other people I've met. And it's like, yeah. oh, so you're an adult who just never grew out of like that protective stage that human bodies go through when you're like a small child that basically says, let's avoid anything that is uh, unfamiliar because it might make us yet. Yes. Or like, I've never been forced to try this and I refuse to try it because I don't have to try anything. And it's like, nah, man, you, you figure out if you like things by trying things. And hey, maybe you don't like it the first time, but then you have the echo of a memory in there of that flavor. You come across it years later. And it's like, fuck was wrong with me when I was like 12. This is rad. Well, I mean, that's the thing is like, actually, that's kind of how like I've continued to expand my palate as I've gotten older. It's like I hated any kind of olives when I was younger and I've developed at least somewhat of a taste for black olives. I just mm. there's some I don't know what it is about the green ones. I wish I had a better explanation but of why they don't appeal to me, but they just still they still don't like I nah, don't think I... that I would be like I won't eat something that has green olives in it, but I would prefer to not do so. Yeah, I mean, you're not a fan of, like, that harsh brininess of Spanish olives. Which is weird, because I actually really like, like anything briny. salty. Like <laughs> briny, yeah. Um, no, there's, I, I don't I know. I love there's some, briny. <laughs> there's some different, distinct tang, I guess, or something to green olives. I don't know. Uh, maybe, I don't know, give it another five or ten years, maybe I'll be like, yeah, green olives are fine, too. Because, like, black olives... I mean, I'm not going to, like, go, yeah, throw black olives on that pizza, but if somebody's like, here's a piece of pizza and it's got black olives on it, I'll be like, eh, sure. It's got pepperoni and olive. Man, that's Actually, why... That I... sounds like a decent combination oh, of the two I, flavors. I was just going to say, I really need to reread... Um, I forget if it's Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency or The Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul, but I need to reread well, probably both of those. Yeah. Um, Because I want to get a Dirk Gently pizza. I forget what the fuck's on it, but it sounds like, yeah, that sounds gross, and I'm sure I'd love it. Because it's like a meatball, anchovy, olive, mushroom, pepperoni, ham. They throw pineapple on there. I mean... I would totally do like uh, pineapple, pickled banana peppers, and lots of meats. Yeah, that sounds good. I was going to say. So. I like pineapple on pizza. <laughs> so I, so do I. But I'm saying like, all right, here's an example for like a gross pizza that I can think of. I mean, these are just flavors that I do not think go well together. Anchovy, olive, and pineapple. Is that a pizza that like you would willingly eat, or is that a pizza that you'd somebody would have to pay you to even eat a slice of? Are we talking about like briny green olives, or are we talking about like sort of bland black olives? Briny. Briny. We're talking about like flavorful good olives. Hell yes. Really? Yes. Huh. <clears throat> the pineapple's the part that I think that would make that not work in my brain. Why you think that like a like a like a like a non briny 
like shit generic canned olive is actually going to be worse in that combination i i guess i could see that i think that the bland can black olive would be less flavorful on that i think that the uh like the the acidity that you would get from a green olive would help to balance out the salt like salt that you get from the anchovy and then it's all like sort of lightened up by the sweetness of the pineapple. Ooh, can we car- Holy shit. Can, can yeah. we can we caramelize the pineapple? No. Ah. No, I want it I want it to be as unappealing as possible and and I'm wondering okay. if you'll still e- eat it for oh, if I, you would still just do it for free. Oh, I I totally fucking eat that. Then again, yeah, you'd like you have to pay me. You wouldn't have to pay, you probably wouldn't have to pay me a ton, but you definitely have to pay me. I'd, I'm also a bad one to ask that question because even if it sounded horrible, I'd still probably fucking try it. Come on, you, you know my motto, Emily. What's my motto? Uh, that sounds disgusting. I've got to try it. Come yeah. on, I've said it like hundreds of times on this podcast before. No, my brain was getting <laughs> distracted by trying to think of like. I'm trying to come up with your least un- least appealing pizza ever. Okay. Um, um, raw bell peppers dropped onto a cooked pizza. Well, raw bell pepper, raw onion, uh, and, and raw celery. But like, you're not gonna have celery in a pizza. Fuck joint. you. You're not. Then, then, probably. Yeah. I Still mean, what? Then Still sure. That. Let's throw like raw water chestnuts on there as well and it's like yeah "Yeah, that's a pizza that i don't want to eat okay what's your price though like a single slice not like the whole pizza just a single slice do i have to eat the entire slice or can i just take a bite no you have to eat the entire slice what's your price for an entire slice no i know i know but this is like how how fucking desperate am i like um so so it's it's more than like a hundred bucks then Oh, it's definitely more than a hundred bucks. <laughs> um, no current position where you are now, exactly where you are now. <sighs> I mean, like, I guess the question is, are you doing this for like five hundred, or are we going up to like a thousand plus? Oh, we're definitely going into a thousand plus. If I'm going to eat an entire slice of that fucking pizza with that shit on it raw then yeah, we are going well over a thousand. We are going for enough, like. You know what? No, no. I would say if it was a 10-inch pie, I would eat the entire thing. $50,000. Okay. But what's your price for a single slice? Uh, A single slice from that same 10-inch pie? Because my mind's eye was seeing like no, an 18-inch no, no. pie and having like no. Okay. Single cool. slice from a ten inch pie. Single slice from a ten inch pie. You got to pick pick anything that falls off of, off of the pizza back up on and put it back on your off. Take it off your plate and put it back on the pizza. Yeah. No. Just I FYI, kinda, in case you're thinking of like shaking all the crap off. No, I I kind of figured that them's the rules, especially mm-hmm. since it's specifically the raw items dropped onto a cooked pizza, because <laughs> that just makes it even worse for me. Um, yeah. Well, 
then I will go with one-sixth of $50,000. <laughs> okay. That seems <laughs> So fair. that's what, like, um, eight five, Something like that. 866? So, Actually, 866 might be... So yeah. does so does the number change if all of that stuff is put on raw, but then put in the oven with the whole with the pizza while it cooks? No, because then I just have overcooked pizza with like slightly cooked vegetables. No, I'm saying like you put that shit on when the pizza itself is still raw, and then put the whole thing in the oven. Does that change your answer? No. Does that lower? Okay, so it still doesn't lower your price. I, and again, I, like, like the, there's these are the kind a... of thought experiments that I enjoy doing. I like finding out how much people will will would it would cost to get somebody to like do something that they don't like doing or that they think is gross. Like there is a way that I would do that for five thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And the way that I would do that for five thousand dollars is if you take all those same vegetables. But before putting them on the pizza, you saute them with, like, butter, red wine, oregano, and garlic powder. I I mean, fuck that. Just dump, like, I don't know, half a a jar of, like, minced garlic on there, and you probably won't even taste the flavor anymore. No, I still would. But, yes, I would totally take... Oh, man, we've gotten so off topic and we got to wrap up soon. But quick story time Uh, back when I used to be in high school, you know, an eternity ago, I was part of a club, a club that me and some friends created. Nobody who fucking knew me then listens to this now, I'm sure. Uh, Yay. But hey, shout out to Matt Bermonte and Dan Murphy, if you do. Uh, Because we made the film club and part of the ritual that we did was we would get my favorite pizza because I would always flip the bill. So I would just get it Uh, like we'd get a plain cheese and then we would get a grilled chicken, extra garlic, extra cheese. Fuck yeah, I would eat the shit out of that. Had, Had no red sauce. So it was just like constipation city was so much garlic and like their extra cheese was like quad cheese oh nice yeah um, i i i miss natick pizza i forget but, what the fuck's in there now but it is not nearly as good dan would 100 percent eat that right mm-hmm. i was gonna say like dan's really not that picky uh dan can be picky he can be but, but he, not he's, generally he's speaking. usually more cheap in his pickiness yeah, I mean, I, I still think uh, it's like funny. Like, the, the days of $4 sweet pizza. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, like, if it wasn't a Tuesday, then he'd be getting, like, a small anchovy oftentimes. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that was his secondary. Like, yeah. if I got to pay full well, price. if you fucking pay for it, then yeah. <laughs> and I love... just get, like, a slice or a whatever, whatever the fuck we got. I love his go-to as anchovy. <laughs> like I do, too. Shout out to you, Dan. We love you. Peace and heart. And I swear pe- to God, T- heaven, I'm gonna. Brother. I if, if it if I need Ugh. to buy a cattle prod, I will make TJ release the other podcast soon. So soon, everyone out there will be graced with the uh, dulcet tones of Dan Murphy's voice. 
<laughs> um, actually. <laughs> Hi, Roadhouse, away! Oh, now I've made myself sad. Yeah, no, we, we gave him a shout-out. I was gonna say last episode, but no. Two episodes ago. Whatever, I'm still fucking bummed that Gilbert Gottfried's gone. I'm allowed to still be bummed. All right, I, I, I like I've still got one more beer I want to talk about. Then we're probably gonna like try and wrap shit up. Sounds it's actually right. a seltzer from Provincetown Brewing. It's the other seltzer I had from them that I've been trying to talk about for like the last half hour. Thanks, Emily. Uh, <laughs> oh, because you've never like got all ADD bullshit, fucking whatever. Yeah, but it's easier to blame because I've got a penis in China. <laughs> Dear listeners, I do not think that way. It's just fun to rib Emily that way because I get awesomely dirty looks. <laughs> she... I make a really good frowny face. Yes. If I do say, my, so, say so myself. All right. So the last thing that I had that I'm going to talk about from Province Sound Brewing Company was called Hello Mellow. It was a pineapple and mango hard seltzer. That nobody else but me have, has checked in because um, I don't think that I'm supposed to say made in collaboration with Dorchester Brewing Company, even though that's what everybody said to me about everything I asked about. And um, yeah, none of their stuff that they've put in says it. So, hey, I'm Brewing Company, don't make your guests do your work. Do your fucking work yourself if you don't like it. Well, that's the thing is contract brewing is not the same as collaboration. Everyone kept on telling me in collaboration with Dorchester Brewing Company. Then and then the it's wrong. then it's like either train your staff better for what that means or. Unless this specifically was a collab. But in which case it should be listing both on untapped, but like right uh i mean i I think the the easy distinction is did both places come up with the recipe and were all were both brewers doing it together because a contract brewer is like basically but some place hands them a recipe and they do the thing mm-hmm. Dorchester Brewing is largely a contract brewer. They have started to venture into independent brewing for themselves underneath the name of Dorchester Brewing Company. But when I was at Provincetown Brewing Company, I got the story about how the town really wanted them to move in and then realized how much water they would use and then said, no, you can't actually brew here after they put in a bunch of brewing equipment. So that's why they contracted out to Dorchester Brewing. But oh, instead bad. of instead of saying to me contracted, I kept on being told in collaboration with. Uh, and um, it's either you need to train your employees better or you need to be honest that it's a collab that you that well, you have to be honest that you don't fucking brew anything yourselves. Yeah, that's the thing I also can't remember is like, I think that contract brewing can be you hand somebody a recipe and you have their staff do it, or you go to an another brewery's facility 
and and you you do it yourself, but you do it there. I think both are technically contract brewing. Both are contract brewing. I am um, fairly certain that the Dorchester Brewing Company model of it is you give us a recipe and we do it. And honestly, can I say that I, uh, knowing what I do about the like sewer and water like infrastructure on the Cape, I'm not at all shocked that the Cape was like, yeah, yeah, sure, kid, that sounds fine. Wait, you want to use how much? I mean, Cause... even fucking, um, not Munson, but wherever. Munson, yeah. Where, where oh, um... Treehouse is now. And they yes, were like, "You're uh, using Charlton. how much water?" No, that w- that was so. With the problem, Charlton had less of an were using, and it was more of an issue uh, of what they were putting in the sewer expulsion. system. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So, in case you didn't know, cities actually do pay attention to what you put. Well, what commercial places put into sewers because like if now you, okay. they do well yeah okay in fairness but like you know if you're if you're using like for instance you know small amounts of cleaners in your home like it's a uh, not they're not going to be like hey you put bleach down the drain you're going to uh, i don't know town jail or some en- shit environmental prison um but like if you're a fucking like a uh, commercial or industrial lab and like you're putting uh too much of certain things down the drain um like a lot of places at the minimum are asked to like if you if they're using like acids and bases they're usually asked to like ph adjust it and they have a system usually that will test the ph of the water adjust it with uh sodium hydroxide and 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 or some kind of acid and then it goes to the sewer. Exciting stuff. I missed half of it because you were breaking up. So it makes me feel like since we're probably around, uh, I don't know, like 120, oh, not 120, but like 80 to 90 minutes in, we might Let's as well it. start wrapping up. Yeah. And um, also you're, you're making, you're, you're doing like... Oh, I'm doing the I have to fucking piss shake. So yeah, that's why I also want to wrap it up. Um, I I do like the thing about this fucking shit-ass cot is I can sit cross-legged while I record. It's not a but, cot, it's actually a twin bed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's my twin bed, god damn it. Um, now it's Sunshine's bed. It's your girlfriend's bed. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah. I can sit cross-legged, and right now, I, I'm doing my, like, little, little pee shake. So, we've been New England Beer Reviews. I've been TJ Davis, alongside Emily Schick. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, listen to us wherever you listen to fucking podcasts, and where you probably already fucking found us. You can give us some money on, uh, patreon.com backslash N-E-B-R. And That's we will love you N- forever. That's N-E-B-R, New England Beer Reviews, the initials of our show, patreon.com backslash N-E-B-R. We will love you forever. We have still yet to get the second subscriber, so your box of beer is not currently waiting because we don't want to send you oxidized beer. But hey, sign up and we'll figure shit out. Um, Fucking final word, Emily. Where is your girlfriend? 
I don't know. You lock her out. Door's closed. <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured. You well, sometimes she sits outside the door and whines at you. And yeah, but I haven't heard that at all. So hopefully so that's she's not fucked the thing. off and done her own thing. So yeah, great final word. <laughs> Bye. Bye.